Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? What it do indeed, baby. The Flyers are the number one overall seed in the playoffs. Oh, that's hot. Carter Hart is playing his lights out He's goaltending. younger than me. Oh my God. Just incredible to watch. Uh, the team is just meshing so well. And, you know, due to this, we do have a special interview today with Steve Schmidt from Whiskey Ramble Podcast. Um, <clears throat> Steve has really good Flyers takes, and, you know, he's our go-to guy when it comes to hockey, so really hope you enjoy listening to him. On a sad note, a somber note, the Sixers have, um, Sixers have possibly become worse than the Eagles in letting me down with injuries. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Is, is that accurate? That is accurate. Ben Simmons out for the year with um, a, uh, dislocated kneecap. And Bede might be dead. And Bede, we don't know the severity of it. We know it's an ankle injury, but he's not playing tomorrow against Phoenix. Well, he's not dead, but, you know, like... So, yeah, there's that. Um, uh, I mean, Josh Richardson had 34 points in a losing effort to Portland. You know, I will say, before that game, he looked like a block of yeah, wood out did. there. he did. He looked terrible. Uh, yeah, he will be the second person I compare to a block of wood, most yeah. likely. Um, but, uh, I mean, in our in both of our losses, we've, we've given up 53 points to TJ Warren and 51 points to Damian Lillard. You know, but, like, the Sixers have always let up a ton of points to one person. Yeah, it's annoying. Not Brett Brown. Yeah. It's Brett Brown. We hate Brett Brown. I, like, I, if that guy keeps his job, I, I swear. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I can watch again. Yeah. It's the same thing every week. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. The Phillies. I don't know how to feel about the Phillies right now. Vince, Their bullpen's terrible. Vince Velasquez is still bad. Yeah, he's horrible, too. But, um, I mean. Spencer I, Howard, he was okay. Yeah, he was all right, I guess. I mean, saw the potential, but I didn't see. It's so weird because these last two games we got smoked by the Braves. But as we're recording this right now, they're up 13-1 on the Braves. So, like, I don't know how to feel. Like, yeah, this is great and all, but uh, where's the consistency, man? I know it's only been 10 games, and I know they had to take, like, a week off or however long it was, but, I mean, the bullpen is just, it's, it's sad. It really is sad. Their ERA is like 10. <laughs> like, Aaron Nola's cool. Zach Wheeler's cool. Jake Arrieta actually had a good game the other night. He didn't give up a run. He went six innings. But can that can that keep up? Like, we don't know. We don't. There's questions. Pitchers we just are don't gonna, know the answers to. But starting pitchers are going to have bad days where they might have to come out in the third yeah, inning. right. And, and when rel- that you happens. You rely on your bullpen, but they also give up 50 runs. So, like, what do we do? When that happens, I highly expect a position player to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll have Roman Quinn out there. Um, all right. I think that's about it for what we're going to cover. But we do have to mention that support for the Bandwagon Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Now listen, I've said it before. I will say it again. I have nicked my balls so many times with straight razors and crappy razors that I just neglected to take care of. But that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. 
The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by a USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, that's get 20% off and free shipping with code PHL at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PHL. It's hot. Let's go. Do it. Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philly sports experience. We are back, and we're going to get in a small huddle and talk some slight birds. Gabbirds. Gabbirds, baby. Gabbirds. Doug Peterson has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. Um, Deuce Staley. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Deuce Staley's taking over day to day. There was a quote from Zach Ertz, by the way. Now, I'm not going to read the quote directly, but it, it goes along the lines of saying Zach Ertz, or Deuce Staley, that he loves Deuce Staley. Like, he... He didn't miss a step when Deuce Daly took over, so that's just shout out to Deuce Daly, by the way. Great guy. Dude, I, see, but like that worries me because like Deuce is probably going to get a coaching job soon. Nah, I don't know. I mean, he's uh, he could. I, I I don't know. I don't see him leaving anytime soon, at least. But he might eventually. Uh, I mean, I, I hope so for him. But yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, with Alshon on the pup list, we can we don't have to cut anyone, do we? Any wide receivers? No, no, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, earlier in the day, we looked over the potential 53-man roster, and uh, both Quez Watkins and John Hightower made the team. So, hopefully, ideally, those guys will make the team because we use draft picks on them, and they're hopefully it will be good. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Brooks and Alshon Jeffrey on the pup list as of now. Hopefully, no more injuries. Hopefully, but it's the oh, Eagles. There's so no wood will. around here. Why <laughs> would you say that? I need to knock on it now. Well, I will after this. But it's the Eagles, so I'm just expecting more injuries. So, uh, as is tradition. Yeah, as is tradition. But as we said, I think the Sixers are that new team. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I just want to mention this really quick. Darius Slay was—he uh, did an interview. I don't know who it was with, but uh, he just mentioned that he's loving his new teammates in Philly, and he just said he like he likes how the Eagles' um, coaching staff and like personnel. Just let him be himself. He mentioned that. And I just want to take a second and shout out to Darius Slay because he's going to be a beast. Dude, you notice that when people play in Philly, I would say 99% of them love playing for Philly. Yeah. Like, yeah, our fan base is tough. We get that. Yeah. But the only time that our fan base actually boos is when you deserve it. Right. If you go out against – hear me out here. You go out against the Dallas Cowboys at home – and you let them score 21 points and you don't score jack, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get booed. You're going to get booed. Yeah. I mean, the thing that sucks, though, is he's not going to ex- get to experience the 
like the full stadium at Lincoln Financial Field. Oh uh, yeah, see, um, like, but the, the, that's something that. But hopefully next year. You know, I'll be hundred percent honest. I, I think that the fan experience is going to be different due to COVID nineteen, obviously. Yeah. But we've seen with hockey, we've seen with NBA, the games haven't lost their edge. Oh, for sure. Um, especially like, NHL's doing it great. The, yeah, the players are going out there and killing it yeah, still. And phenomenal. I like watching all these games. These are electric games. They're really good. Yeah. Um, the NBA seems a little bit more lax right now, but as the playoffs kind of kick in, I think that that'll go away. Yeah. I mean, you definitely notice with the NBA. Like, I barely noticed with the NHL. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, but with the NBA, you kind of know there's a difference. Because when something big happens, there's not as much of a, like, a, in a, like a crowd explosion type thing. Mm-hmm. But with hockey, you just – I don't know. It's weird. They, they did a – I can't say enough good things about what the NHL did. And well, they it, constantly got the music going in the background. Right, exactly. It, it's, and they have the fan noise in the background, which helps. Did you see the one thing they did with fans? Yeah. That was <laughs> – so, Thank you, fans. And then they go, to a, they go to a thing of just four fans. Four fans. Each other. Like actual, like, fans. Yeah. <laughs> NHL is doing a, a fantastic job. I really think that out of all the four leagues, the NHL has done yep. the best job. No question. Um, I like the fact that they have the two hub cities. Yep. Um, and the NHL has been more transparent with their COVID testing than any other league, from what I, I would yep. say. Yep. Um, the NBA has released a couple times, but I feel like I see all the time on social media, NHL has tested this many people with zero positive tests. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, because we've gotten – We've gotten like a few updates about what the NBA and thankfully there ha- there hasn't been any positive tests uh, in the bubble, which is great. Um, but yeah, NHL has been very transparent. Now the MLB has been transparent. Now there, there's been positive tests, so they have to be. Uh, and any, NFL has been transparent. They haven't named guys, but they've let us know how many guys are on like the COVID slash reserved list. Um, so, you know, everyone everyone now has been more transparent, which is good. So, um, in terms of COVID stuff. Uh, but hopefully that ends soon. But we, we yeah, don't. I, I doubt it. I give it like three years. But um, <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, I'm like, I was supposed to go to three Phillies games this summer. I have so much money in Ticketmaster right now. <laughs> I have like a ton of coupons for 120, yep. <laughs> percent which I hope to use next year. Yeah, should be able to hopefully. But all right, but uh, yeah. Let's go on to the Flyers here. Uh, we have an interview with Steve Schmidt from Whiskey Ramble. It was a great interview. Um, it, we go over everything from the young guys, how they're being mentored with the veterans, to just overall play, um, their electric play style, and what we saw in, in the round-robin play and how that can translate against the Habs um, in the first round. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and get right to that for you, and we'll rejoin you on the other side. All right, now we welcome on Stephen Schmidt from the Whiskey Ramble Podcast here to talk some Flyers. How you doing, Steve? Good, and you? How are you? Ah, uh, you know, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> Flyers are in the playoffs. Got the number one. Round Robin play was hot. How you feeling about that? Oh, feeling excellent. I think we have a basically a perfect matchup, and, you know, we are playing excellent hockey that should translate to the playoffs. You know, Carter Hart's killing it, everybody. Everybody but Claude Giroux at zero points, but he, he will figure it out. Now, when you're looking at Claude Giroux not having any points, uh, you look at the youngsters, too, like an Albe Kubel coming out and scoring two goals. Um, do you see him as continuing to prosper in the playoffs, or was that kind of a fluke or a one-trick pony kind of game? 
now his play style perfectly fits for the playoffs with his four checking, um, just his his awareness and every like everywhere on the ice. Um, I don't know if he'll continue to score two goals like every other game, but it would be nice. But I think his like I said, his play style really translates well to the playoff atmosphere and I think that he was just getting a taste a taste of it and it should only get better, I think. Well, when we're, again, when we're going through the youngsters, do you see any other of the young guys that can actually have an impact in these playoffs? Um, well, Carter Hart. Well, um, yeah. All eyes will be on Carter Hart. Uh, that second pair of Sanheim and Myers, uh, they're going to play some really important minutes just under you know, the pro Robin Niskanen in playtime. Uh, just as long as they continue to be as solid as they were basically all season, uh, it should go well. Um, other than that, I would say probably Joel Farabee. Uh, given how much playing time he might get. Uh, he certainly produced in the game against Tampa. Uh, him and Albi Kubel actually showed uh, some, some really good chemistry against Washington. So if they are on the line together, I think that they would be able to continue. So when, when we're looking at these lines, wh- which line is translating to the most production? I mean, obviously the Hayes line is killing it, but who, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact in the playoffs? It's going to have to be Couturier's line because that's where our our main guys are, and that's why it's it's not really concerning that Drew didn't even put up any points. I think that was more uh, basically because the power play wasn't producing. But other than that, even that Derek Grant line, whoever he's with on his wings, I think they could provide good secondary scoring as well, but they really will need uh, Drew to put up some points uh, in the playoffs. Now, you mentioned the power play, and, you know, that, you know, Everything aside, that was really the one negative thing that, you know, we saw uh, out of those three games. Do you see that continuing, or is that something they'll clean up? I think it would be worked out, especially uh, if they give Ghost uh, regular playing time and put him maybe on the top unit, bring JVR back, put him in the net front. Uh, I think that's where, you know, the power play production will come back. And our second unit has probably had more uh, pressure and a better better cycling with the power play. I could see them, you know, getting a goal, you know, or two in this series alone against Montreal. And, and when you say put Ghost back in there, you mean actual Ghost and not the block of wood that's been there for a while. Yeah, as long as you can replicate uh, that game against Tampa into every game, then, yes, we will be in good hands with Ghost. So, you're, you're looking at, when we're looking at defense, too, uh, Provorov, although he's been playing for a while, really skilled, um, is this really his first taste into a true potential run? And do you think that that's going to have any impact on him? I think it will, uh, especially with him being able to play with uh, Matt Niskanen, who's won a cup, uh, maybe in couple. But with that presence next to him, this going to be able to like, calm Provorov down. Uh, he he did play pretty well against uh, Pittsburgh when we got eliminated. I mean, he, he tore his leg and he continued to play, and then they – think they forced him out of like the last game but he he should excel he'll probably be playing like 28 to 30 minutes a night and he seems to excel with the more playing time he gets so it should be should be good things from him so basically what you're saying is with the veteran presence that we have on the team and the combination with the young talent we really do truly have a potential for a cup run oh yeah this ain't no joke this ain't no joke yeah the only um, I would say the fourth line I'm not all that optimistic about, and our third pair, 
uh, depending if we have Ghost or Hag. Um, Hague, I think it's those are like the only two like real like weak points, I guess. But even then, they seem to power through. And Nate Thompson scored in that first uh, round robin game against Boston. So as long as they chip in somewhere and just don't get you know completely killed at five v five, yeah, we'll we'll be pretty set. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can definitely have the potential to make a run, but, you know, we got to get through this first round. And speaking of that, you know, the Canadians, you know, obviously they have Carey Price, a fantastic goaltender, but is there anything else that you see, uh, you know, the Flyers having if having an issue with? Uh, they have pretty good center depth. They got uh, Nick Suzuki, Suzuki on their first line right now with Tatar and Gallagher, and then they have Philip Deneau probably playing more of a shutdown role. Uh, you'll probably see Deneau against Couturier's line a lot. And then we'll probably match up Hayes against Suzuki. Um, but, yeah, they have just just very caught Ken Niemi. He had a very good series, and so did Suzuki. And these are two young guys that show a lot of, a lot of promise for Montreal. Uh, they are two guys to really keep an eye on. And just hoping that our fourth line, again, just doesn't get killed by one of these pretty decent centers. Um, but also, just, when Dale Weiss is on the ice, just attack, and good things will happen for us. Uh, other than that, it's their second pair, probably, of Jeff Petrie and Brett Kulak. They're, they are pretty solid. I would say they're probably their most solid defensive pair. Uh, Petrie has really made a, made a killing out in Montreal, so they are probably the, the pair to watch on the defensive side. Shea Weber's still slightly Shea Weber, but I think he's still kind of losing it. Yeah, he's aging. Uh, yeah, very well he does a rocket. But um, he does. But when we're looking at the Habs, the series against the Penguins was kind of a shock to me. I didn't expect the Penguins to go down like that. Um, speaking of the Penguins, they didn't get the number one overall pick. So thank God, thank Christ. Yeah, the Rangers' second worst uh, possibility happened. Yeah, I know. Uh, positive pros and cons, positives, negatives. <laughs> um, That's life. Yeah. Hey, look. At least we don't have Dave Haxtell anymore. Yeah, it was it was funny watching uh, Toronto lose. Uh, they called that timeout trying to come back with their goalie pulled, and they're drawing up the play and off to the side, like towards the end of the bench was Dave Haxtell, and he's just looking up at the jumbotron. I don't know what he could be looking up there for, but that's that's what he was doing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, when we're looking to bringing up coaches, uh, with Elaine Vigneault, do you, do you think that he has had that much of an impact on this team because when you're looking at this team, and I believe the last time we spoke on the podcast, we spoke about this too, but they look more electric out there. They look fun to watch. It's high pace. They're out there. They're pushing and shoving. It kind of feels like a little bit of the Broad Street Bullies are back. Uh, do you do you see that? or? Yeah, it's it's not quite like the Broad Street Bullies or like the fighting and everything, but it's just like the relentlessness of the forecheck, uh, getting back to play you know good team defense. I think Elaine Vigneault has had a huge, huge mark on this team, and it's really showing with how, how you know, we come back from, what, three months out, five months out, and we just went right back to it like as if nothing even happened. Give them hell. I think that's a huge testament to Vigneault, the players finally buying, truly buying into a coach's system uh, ever since Laviolette, basically. Yeah, jeez. Uh, I think Kevin Hayes is also uh, good. He really he knew the system. He was able to buy in. His personality meshed well with the rest of the players, and I think that's also another big boost that this team got 
uh, from the offseason. Yeah, I like, especially with Hayes, I wasn't too sure about the signing. But like you said, he really didn't mesh, not only with the players, not only with the system, but with the city in general. The city's kind of embraced him with open arms since he's came in. Um, the, uh, when, when it comes to his style of play, what, what do you see that's really impactful on the ice? Um, it's his puck protection is amazing. His penalty kill is what he does on the penalty kill where he gets the puck and then he's kind of killing time. He'll even go back to the defense once he gets near the opposing team's blue line. That's something I've always wanted to see from a player and to see him do that. Yes, you are earning your $7 million a year. And it's also fantastic that he compliments Couturier so well on our center depth because they can both match up against top lines. So that's where it's really, really showed that he was a very good signing. We'll see how it is, you know, with this cap not really changing for the next two, three years and towards the end of his contract. But right now, it's a killer signing. So, I agree with you. I, like, I, I wasn't sure at first, but there is a such thing as just proving me flat out wrong. I, I feel like he's kind of proving me wrong. I was a little alarmed at the amount. Um, so, looking into this series specifically, what are your predictions what do you think the series is going to go to? Uh, Carey Price is definitely going to steal a game, maybe even two, but I don't think this goes past six. Don't think it goes past Flyers six. Win. Okay. Well, that's good to see. I mean, and it, so if the Flyers were to win this series, um, what are we looking at in the next side of the bracket? Uh, I'm not sure. Aren't they reseeding? Or are yeah, they really they going back to the bracket? I'm not sure. Yeah, they are reseeding. I, I probably missed or whatever news I saw. Uh, and when we look at the other round robin teams, let's put it this way: if we ever, if we do encounter them later into the playoffs, we saw that we have a shot. Who do you think is going to give us the biggest issue if we run into them? It's probably Tampa. They just have so much skill, but that that would mean that they didn't choke in the first round, basically, <laughs> yeah. and the second round. Because I think we won't be playing them until the end. If we are reseeding, I'm not sure. I gotta crazy. find this bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when we're talk, we talked about Carter Hart and the young guys too. We've seen his level of play. He, he's just dazzling out there. Kid's 21 years old. <laughs> Do you think he can keep up this level of play? And on top of that too, we have Brian Elliott at backup. We saw him in one game and he performed pretty well. Is our goalie depth there for once? It is, as long as Brian Elliott stays healthy. That was always my main concern going into this season. Um, I like Elliott as a backup. Uh, not really like 1B. I would prefer Hart to start the majority of the games, which I think they will start to do like going into next year. Um, but that being said, if Hart you know, does for some reason not have a great game, I am pretty confident Elliot to come in and at least be average at worst, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any real flaws that you see are going to be pivotal in the playoffs? Uh, it's just if the power play doesn't get going, then we are kind of going to be hurting there. But other than that, it's just the fourth line I don't have 100% trust in, but they could prove me wrong. I do really like Tyler Pitlick, and he seems to be a mainstay on that fourth line. Thompson is what he is. He'll kill penalties. He'll win faceoffs and just overall be that fourth line center. So I think the fourth line is, I guess, a flaw, but not really. And, I mean, just overall for this year, did the team go above your expectations, or did you expect this with a new coach? Um, I Right now, they, I mean, having the number one seed was not in my expectation, so in that sense, they definitely surpassed them. But I did expect, you know, at least making the playoff, uh, 
kind of not so much as easy easily, but I thought that they would like be pretty high up, you know, at least like wild card or that third divisional spot. All right, yeah. I mean, do you have anything that you want to add in regards to the Flyers? Anything that we might have missed? Um, not really. I uh, just again want to reiterate that I hope Ghost is truly back, and then you can save our power play and just get some ghost bombs in there and miss those slap shot goals from them. Yeah. I mean, do you have any uh, info on your podcast you want to share? This is your time. Um, well, I haven't recorded in quite some time, pretty much since the pandemic started. Um, so with your animals, basically me just drinking and my co-host Shane, just us just talking about the random BS in life, you know, our bets. Um, I'm going to try to make it more sports-centric and talk like about the Flyers, you know, the Eagles for Shane, my Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs fan. Who won the Super Bowl. All right, calm and down. Basically, yeah, just go from there and see how it goes. But Yo, we'll see. I think we're going to record maybe like next week for the first time in quite some time. Well, you know, congrats on the return from the pandemic, you know. Glad to see you back out yeah. there and uh, be happy to have you on anytime. Yep, yeah, just let me know. Absolutely. Take care. Bye. See you later. And we're back. We want to thank Steve for being on the podcast. Uh, go check out Whiskey Ramble as they return within the next two weeks after their hiatus due to COVID. Uh, but, again, we want to thank you so much for being on and look forward to talking to you soon. Um, the last thing we have to get in – oh, we have two more things. Excuse me. Uh, we have the Sixers causing me misery mm-hmm. and the Phillies being the Phillies. Yes. Okay. The Sixers causing me misery. Ben Simmons is out for the rest of the season. <sighs> he just had knee surgery. Why? He dislocated his kneecap. And he needed surgery. (sighs) Of course. And now, (laughs) Joel Embiid leaves yesterday's game. Was it yesterday? Or two days ago? Whatever it was. Whatever. (laughs) With an ankle injury. Now, we don't know the severity of it. We don't know how long he's going to be out. We know that he's out tomorrow against Phoenix. So, there's that. Uh... Yeah, and we lost to Indiana and gave up 53 points to T.J. Warren. And then we won three straight, which is, you know, good. But we lost to Portland and then gave up 51 points to Damian Lillard. So, our defense kind of blows. Brett Brown, I hate him. And, uh, yeah, that's my two cents. As I said in the introduction to today's show, <laughs> I swear, if these injuries are the reason that Brett sticks around, there, there has to be some change. We've watched we've watched these games over El- and over again. Elton, please. Okay? We've had enough of Brett. Something needs to change. All right? We're the sixth seed in the East. We should be... <laughs> I mean... We're going to play the Celtics and lose in the first round. And Brett Brown's going to stay. And I am going to be furious. That's what's going to happen. I can't take it another year. Yeah. I I don't think I can either. He has no strategy going into these games. And if he does, it's not evident. He does, but he doesn't make changes during the game. And he doesn't make adjustments. Yeah. Like, if there is a plan, he, he, he'll he stick to that plan no matter what happens. We've had the same conversation how many times over the past six months? No. <laughs> but nothing has changed. 
No. Actually, let's say year because uh, we had a lot of downtime due to COVID. Yeah. That sucked. I mean, when Embiid went out, Richards, Richardson stepped up, which was good because he, he'd been nothing prior to that. Horford's played decently. He's played pretty well. Tobias has played pretty well. But you, we need we need our stars, and it, it, hopefully Embiid can come back at some at some point. We know Ben Simmons is out for the year, but hopefully Embiid can kind of I don't know I, we just don't know the severity of the injury, so we we, we can't say. See the thing is I've been reading a lot where it's like oh you got to get rid of one of the big guys and move on that, from that's them. Idiotic. No, it's what you got to do is get rid of the coach and find someone who can actually put out a good right. game plan for the bodies that you got on the court. Exactly. Also, we do need to sign a shooter. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the people who say to trade either Ben Simmons or Embiid. Unless you're offering me dude, four first-round picks, no. No, <laughs> they're generational talents. And you have you have these two guys on the same team, and you're on, you want to trade one of them? It, it, just, it blows my skull. That they that they that that that's actually what people like. Some people think, they're like, yeah, you got to you got to trade Ben Simmons if you're going to win a championship. No, what? Why, dude? I, I like, just don't get it. You listen to those idiots that call into sports radio on all networks, and it's like, dude, are you high? Why would you right. trade away, like you said, someone with that much potential? Yeah, and you know, like, I'm not trying to sound crazy here, but like. LeBron didn't win till late in his career. Nine years in. Yeah. I don't know what MJ won, but six, seven, eight seven. years, seven years. Six or seven. I, like, I, I read that all the stuff is that you read on Twitter and you see that and you're like, wait a second. Maybe I should it's take true, a chill yeah. pill. Yeah. Take a chill pill here. Look, this is what, Ben Simmons technically his third year in the league? I know it's his fourth. Four, but... Fourth year in the league, third year actually playing. Right. It's Embiid's seventh year and he's played five. Yeah. So. Maybe something like that. Maybe, yeah, something like that. I just, yeah. I just, I want some consistency here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want these generational talents, primes, to be ruined by someone who's, <clears throat> who's just proven to not be successful. Like, I would understand if these people who want to trade either Ben Simmons or Embiid, like, I would understand if we've gone through, like, a couple coaches. But we've had the same coach this whole time, and nothing's worked. So, like, we, something needs to change. And you're not going to trade away these two generational talents on the same team. You got to trade. The, you got to get rid of the coach first and see if that's the issue. Brett Brown is the last remnant of the process, the original process that still has lingered. Yeah. The rest is gone, and he's soon to come. Yeah, he's not. He's not a coach that will take a team to a chance. He's he's a rebuilding coach. He he's the coach you get when your team. Is winning ten games a year, and you're going you're going for the first pick. That that's that's the kind of coach you need for that. But now, we we need a championship coach. Brett's not um he's not a game manager. No, Brett's your friend. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just saying if your boss is your friend, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's it it just pisses me off. Every time I think about it, it's like look at the team. Look at how talented the team is. Yep. We're sixth. Yep. This team is a champion. On paper, this team is a championship caliber team, and you can't tell me otherwise. You can't. Embiid is arguably the best center in the league, and you have Simmons, who is a generational talent, a 6'10 point guard, who 
maybe the best passer in the league, top defenseman in the league. I mean, you can't. I mean, yeah. And and you have Tobias Harris is a great scorer. You know, you have Josh Richardson. He's a, he's a good player. And no, this team this team it should be leaps and bounds better than what they are. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. And you know what the best part is? I had to convince you on the Brett Brown thing. I just wanted... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did. I don't know. I just wanted to give him a fair chance, and I've done that. I've given him more than a fair chance, and now I'm on the bandwagon to get him out of town. Oh, you said it. I did. Um, the last thing I want to say is, like, with, with the two bigs out, um, I really think that if Al Horford can continue to play like he has been and maybe step it up a little bit. If we get if we get Al Horford against against the Sixers last year in the playoffs or like it just Al Horford against the Sixers. If we get that, I'd be fine. Cuz he killed us. He absolutely destroyed us when he was on the Celtics. Yeah. If we get Celtics Al Horford against the Sixers, I'm all for it. And if we get Josh Richardson who's actually going to actually take shots and Tobias Harris who He's been, play, he's been playing good. He's been playing well. Who can be a very good scorer, then we still have a chance if we have Embiid. But I, I don't see us. If if, if, if Embiid can't play, um, yeah, there's there's no way we're making a pass the first round. I just don't see it. I can't talk about this anymore. Let's walk it off. We're walking it off with the Phillies. Doesn't get much better from here, though. Stop. <laughs> okay, they split two against the Yankees. One of the... Number two team in the power rankings for ESPN. Come on. Are you mad about that? The bullpen didn't blow games. Uh-huh. I mean, no. I, I I mean, I can't be mad at that, but I just I just know that this bullpen is uh, among the worst I've ever seen. They're going to – the problem is, like, okay, let's say Aaron Nola just has a bad day and needs to come out in the fourth. Mm-hmm. It's almost guaranteed that – we're going to lose. In comes no name number one. Yep. After that, in comes two run Tommy. <laughs> okay, here's a perfect example. It was the game against the Yankees that we lost 3-1. to one. Aaron Nola twirls a gem. Gives up one run. The one bad pitch I saw during that game was the home run he gave up to Luke Voigt. That's it. He had 12 strikeouts. He, he, threw, he threw a gem. So you take him out after six innings, or yeah, six innings, because it's only a seven inning game because of the letter. So you take him out after six. You need three outs. Three. Who comes in? Yeah, boy. Two run Tommy. Guess how many runs he gives up? Two runs. Two. And we lose the game. Yeah. That was. And to the people who think Aaron Nola is not an ace, stop. Did you see that game? His stuff is sick. I mean, as you said, the, the only pitch that was bad was the Luke Voigt home run. That's it. That's yeah. the only pitch that he missed. That's it. Every other pitch was perfect. It was just a hanger. Yeah, he just he hung a curveball. And if you're going to do that if you have to throw 50 curveballs in a game. At now, least once. Now, against Atlanta, like we were saying earlier, how do you get, like, blown out two times in a row and then win 13 <laughs> Yeah, so as of now, I don't know what the score is now, but right now, uh, last time I checked, uh, they're playing right now. They were up 13-1. It might have changed. but So the first game, 
Arietta pitches. Throws a great game. They won 5 nothing. You're like, okay. It's 13-6. Oh, boy. We're not winning. Um, <laughs> it's the top of the ninth. Relax. <laughs> um, but, yeah. like the, I was, Jake Arietta throws a great game. They win 5 nothing. You're like, okay. We actually have a chance against this team. Then you have a doubleheader. You lose 5-2. You're like, all right. We'll get them in the second game. Nope. You lose 8 nothing. So, today, <laughs> we're like, all right. We're probably going to lose. No. We, we score 13 runs. I just, I don't know how to feel with this team. Their lineup is great. I like the lineup. I really do. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, great. If Arietta can pitch like he did the other night, great. That's perfect. And I don't, I don't even hate Eflin that much. I kind of like Eflin. But our, it's just, I, anytime we go to the bullpen, I mean, it's happening right now. We were up 13 to 1, it's now 13 to 6. Top of the ninth inning, Top of the ninth five, inning, five, five runs. runs. Yep, perfect example. <laughs> You can't, no, no one is, you can't trust anybody in this bullpen. No one. That's a problem. <laughs> See, I do have one thing to say. This is beyond bullpen. Phil Gosselin. He's been hot. He's been playing hot, one. Yeah. What was Girardi thinking? I don't know. Pulling him for Jay know. Bruce, who then proceeded to go over 3. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a questionable move, Joe. What are you doing there, bud? Welcome, to Philly. He bud. did he did lead off today, which I like. I like that. He, and he, I think he I think he did well. So we'll have to see. But yeah, he went two for four. I mean, yeah, that's fine. If, if if you have a hot bat, keep riding it until he's not anymore. That's all I want to see. That's I, it. It's not that hard. It's just when a young guy's coming up. And they're really showing that they got the stuff. Leave him in. When yeah. the hot bat's coming up, the first thing in your mind is, "Oh, I got to pull this guy." <laughs> right. That's yeah. a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, that's an issue. And I don't, I don't blame Joe for the bullpen issues because, you know, you he inherited that. You inherited that. You can't, also, there's nothing you can do. That's Clintac's job. Yeah. Right. Well, we. <laughs> you guys know how I feel about Clintac. Well, look, we already got rid of two of the three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, we need just one McPhail more. McPhail and Kapler are gone now. We just need a. Uh, Clintac. I need Clintac out of here. ASAP. ASAP, Phillies. But yeah, I mean, I like I like what the lineup's been doing. You know, I like having... I mean, Real Muto's been very hot. Mm-hmm. Please, for the love of God, sign this man. Please. That's all I'm going to say about it, because we mentioned it last time. If he has the opportunity to test free agency... I'm not, yeah, you're... It, it, dude. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but he's gone. Yeah. Someone he's will gone. give him... Mad money. Like, uh, maybe... For example, the Yankees, who just have unlimited money, is going to give him, what, eight years, 200 mil? Easily. Dodgers. Or the Dodgers. These teams with unlimited money are going to give him that. You have to sign this man. The thing that pisses me off is Klentak saying, oh, we got stupid money, and then you don't spend it. He's he's leaps and bounds the best catcher in this league right now. Yes. Sign him, please. Best arm, best defensive ability, yep. best offensive ability. Yep. If he is not signed by the end of this season and test free agency, Klintak is kissing his job goodbye. 100%. 100. 200%. This needs to happen ASAP. Get this man in the building, work something out, and sign him. It's not that hard. Just do it. Please. I mean, it's it's frustrating. It is. I mean, it shouldn't have taken this long. We should have signed him in the off season. 
I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> That's all I need to do. <laughs> like, what, like, what are you supposed to say to that? We it's, had an ex- idiotic. We had an extended off season due to <laughs> still, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and still, still, nothing. still nothing got done. Yet all the time in the world, you couldn't just call and be like, listen, we want to sign. Like, that, that didn't happen. Oh, man. Matt, come on, man. It's this, uh, this is the easy thing you'll do in your life for the Phillies. Pull the Garrett Cole thing. Just give him the blank check. <laughs> like, you got us Harper, which is great. That was mostly Middleton, though. And if Middleton's not there, we don't sign Bryce Harper, by the way. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. But th- now, th- let's go. Like, come on now. Sign this man. Please, for the love of God. I just, but going back to the team, <laughs> like how they're playing, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. They're, they're so up and down. And I know, like I said earlier, it's only been, you know, 10 games or whatever. It's been 11 or 12 or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, it's hard. I mean, we know the bullpen's horrible. We know the lineup is, is good, you know, but, you know, they're not going to score 13 runs every game. So. Segura's been struggling a little bit. Yes. Hoskins hasn't been great. Uh. Yeah, real real mute has been good. Harper has been great. Uh, Didi's been a great signing so far. I saw a tweet that said Real Muto has more home runs in his last ten at bats than Reese Hoskins does in his last one hundred and forty two. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think he does. Does he actually? I think he does. Yeah. I like, I wanted to fact check that. Well, because but... Hoskins last year end of the season batting like what one fifty. So I mean I think that's right. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't because he did horrible last the second half of last year. And Real Muto has been hot since then so yeah i don't know hopefully hoskins can turn it around a kingery's been horrible too um and who else did you say segura segura yes yeah he's i I don't think segura is the same mccutcheon has been really struggling yeah mccutcheon i forgot about him too yeah segura is not the same hitter he used to be he used to be 300 every year he had 280 last year i mean i don't know what he's in now but yeah i don't think he's the same hitter anymore well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we still have guys who are playing well in the lineup. I, I feel like when we check in next week, we'll have a better perspective. That's how short the season is. Like yeah. one week really gives you a perspective on mm-hmm. where they're heading. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they play the full week. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Cardinals. Yeah. I feel bad. For oh, them. second off, the Marlins went to a nightclub. That's why they were dead. <laughs> so, oh, man. Phillies won 13-8, by the way. They got two more runs. <laughs> aye, aye. All right. I think we've reached our destination for the day. Uh, next week, we got some uh, fantasy advice in store for you because everyone's trying to get their drafts in yeah, before I'm the excited, season man. starts. Fantasy's coming right around the corner. So uh, so we got our fantasy corner just popping up. Um, Phillies, obviously. Flyers are going to be actually playing the Habs. Yep. Uh, that series starts Thursday, I believe. Wednesday. Wednesday. So we have ooh, about two days. Yeah. Jeez. I'm excited. Be, for yeah, that. should be exciting, man. I'm I'm pumped. Can't wait. Um, again, I'd like to thank our recurring guest Steve Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, always really informative, knows his stuff. Really great guy. Go check out his podcast. But in the meantime, check us out at Twitter. Uh, go to PHL the Bandwagon. Uh, follow us, like our stuff, share our polls, retweet us, comment at us, uh, message us, tell us how much you love us or hate us. You know, we do like constructive criticism after all. Uh, go to Facebook at PHL the Bandwagon. Uh, give us a like there. 
Uh, go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL bandwagon. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more options. We thank you. We thank you for reaching. <laughs> we thank you for reaching our destination together, and we'll see you at the next stop.